Hey guys, welcome to episode 278 of Built on Passion. I'm your host, Matt Delabuono, and this week we have on Lone Pine Gear Exchange co-founder, Katie Jackson. Lone Pine Gear Exchange is an outdoor gear consignment shop and so much more. They also repair gear, tune skis, are a plastic-free refill station, a coffee shop, and act as a community hub for outdoor lovers of all kinds. But it can be really difficult to commit to living a life that helps reduce the human footprint on the places we love. And we want them to last as long as possible, right? That's exactly the issue that Katie wants to address with Lone Pine Gear Exchange. Lone Pine Gear isn't just a gear consignment shop, it gives anyone and everyone who wants to get outside a place to get everything they need to help keep supporting a cleaner and healthier planet. Katie and her partner didn't flinch when they came up with the idea of an all-in-one stop for anyone who loves the outdoors as much as they do. And although it seems like such a niche and specific idea for a brick and mortar store, when you examine all the different aspects it touches on, it seems to effortlessly make sense. Beyond helping people to enjoy and get into the sports they love, Lone Pine Gear Exchange is also rapidly serving as a community center for like-minded people to get together and share in whatever passion brings them together in nature. In this episode of Built on Passion, Katie Jackson shares the background of how Lone Pine Gear Exchange got started, how the idea developed, what roadblocks she faced along the journey, and the how and why behind Lone Pine Gear Exchange. Do you own or do marketing for an outdoor travel, wellness, or fitness product company? If you enjoy listening to our podcast Built on Passion, have a brand of your own, and are interested in joining one of Red Yeti's upcoming giveaways, we'd love to have you. Our giveaway campaigns are a great way for you to gain exposure and build a targeted audience of potential customers. We've worked with hundreds of brands over the years, chances are you've probably seen our giveaways, and we've put together giveaways related to the outdoor fitness, wellness, and health spaces. If you're interested in partnering or joining one of our giveaways, just message us on Instagram. Our handle is at Ready Yeti. That's R-E-D-D-Y-Y-E-T-I. Just tell us you'd like to join one of our upcoming giveaways and someone from our team will be in touch. Remember, just message us on Instagram at Ready Yeti. That's R-E-D-D-Y-Y-E-T-I. All right, all right. Hang on one second before we actually jump into this episode. I just wanted to say thank you. Really, thank you for supporting everything we're trying to do. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being engaged, being curious, and just being there supporting the show. We work really hard to put together a really interesting show and have on guests that are truly doing something progressive, interesting, and building something truly special. If you are looking for a way to show your support and help us continue to do what we are doing, One of the biggest things you could do, and I know it seems like a really small thing, but is leave a review. Plus, it helps inform other people what your experience of this podcast has been like. So that's basically it. I just wanted to say a big old thank you to you, the listener. Please leave a review. It is extremely helpful and uh, you look great. And that's it. Bye. Katie, thanks for joining me today. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you on. I've been interested in learning more since we chatted a couple weeks ago. It seems like Lone Pine Gear is doing some pretty interesting things. Yeah, yeah, right on. We are uh, trying to keep up. Oh, yeah. Seems like you're paving the way. <laughs> so for people who are unfamiliar, who are you and what do you do? What is Lone Pine Gear? Sure. Lone Pine Gear Exchange is a ski shop based in Salt Lake City. 
And we have a lot of different avenues and aspects in our business. I like to say we're more than a ski shop because we sell new and used or gear. We accept consignment from the general public. And in addition to the traditional retail model, we also have a full service gear repair department within our shop and a plastic free refill station and a coffee shop. And I think that's at tuning. <laughs> we have a full ski tune shop as well. Just that, just yeah. every service you could possibly want. Yeah. Yeah. Very service centric. Oh my God. That's amazing. How did you get into this? What was, I guess the, what were you doing before you started Lone Pine Gear Exchange and what was the switch that made you decide to start this? We envisioned a retail space that offered more to our community. It was really important to us to stay relevant to our locals and we wanted to create a space that the outdoor community could gather and for it to be more about purchasing. In addition, we also felt like we have some pretty big challenges in front of us for you know outdoor enthusiasts. We're running out of time on climate change and we felt like caring about climate change and some environmental causes wasn't enough anymore, that we needed to actively be doing something. So that was kind of the motivating idea behind Lone Pine. So you have obviously first and foremost, it's a place to get secondhand gear or just, I guess, recycle, upcycle, keep, you know, a more closed loop system in terms of purchasing gear, all that stuff. When did you work in the other pieces? I'm sure the the repair part made a little bit more sense, but in terms of, you know, having the refill station and even the coffee shop, was that always part of the Yeah, right from the beginning, we built all of those different departments into the shop. You know, we sell new and used gear. Like we want people to get out and recreate, but we also love seeing gear be kept in circulation. So a lot of times we'll encourage customers to maybe repair or reinvent or improve the current gear that they have. And if they are grew out of it, they can sell it and somebody else will come in and be stoked. Man, it's such an interesting thing to kind of wrap your head around. Usually when you think of a shop, it's specialized in one of those things, one of those different avenues. Was there a process of getting the right permits to be able to do all of those things? Was it, is it as simple as just building out the space and hiring the right people? It's probably a little bit more of a, uh, I guess the boring side of it, the more the paperwork side of a running a business, but what did that look like in terms of actually starting from you know choosing the DBA to actually getting the space and all that? What was the process like? Well, we chose the space. We fell in love with the building. It's an old bank and it's nestled right on the east bench of the Wasatch. And it required a lot of vision to see the community space, the potential that was there. Um, we ended up doing a down to the studs remodel and built out you know an old bank that was turned into an old radio station and created a retail space that is kind of funky it's a little quirky but the feel of the building and the feel of the community around it is what we were dreaming of so we were excited to call it home and in terms of building out this space we admittedly undershot we <laughs> we didn't give our retail room enough space. We're very service centric. And so we ended up purchasing the building and built about a 2000 square foot addition onto the front. 
And so now we have this 2000 square foot deck overlooking the Wasatch and then the Utah Avalanche Center just moved up to the third floor. So it creates really a cool campus feel to this space. I think of for what Lone Pine Gear Exchange exists for, I think it's kind of an interesting position. I mean, obviously on the one hand, you want people to get out and buy new gear and all that, but people want to buy something that's going to last and you're giving them the opportunity to hang on to it and filling that gap without having to just hawk new shit and you could just keep on getting more. How has this been received in the community and even with some of the brands that you're working with? I would say really well. I think this is the direction the industry itself is trying to find a balance within and needing to sell new gear, but also needing to cut carbon emissions. It's a very fine line that I think most of the outdoor industry is walking right now. So when Lone Pine Gear Exchange, when we first founded it, we prioritized corporate responsibility right from the beginning. I think we admired a lot of amazing big companies that were doing some pretty incredible things, but weren't seeing the small startup companies really prioritizing their corporate responsibility to the community and to the environment and something we wanted to prioritize right out of the starting gate for us. I'm all about that. How does the vetting process happen? I mean, I'm sure there is some, you know, fine line, but what kind of qualifications do you look for for a brand to pass the Lone Pine Gear Exchange test? Well, so we purchase new goods directly from a variety of different brands, and we like to choose brands that align with our our company values. For example, we were able to hook up with a brand that could make carbon neutral ski poles. They're pulling plastic in from the ocean and using recycled plastic to make their grips and their baskets. And it's great. We're stoked. We're really very excited to support them in that process. And then the way we procure our own goods, you know, we make some branded buffs. And instead of using that like cellophane plastic wrapping, we're using a biodegradable sheet that, you know, doesn't necessarily retail as well. And it costs a little bit more money per item. But for us, we believe that that's worth it. So we do pay mind to what we call like the blue sky value in products. And I think our customers and our community at large see that importance as well. That is something that I think people are starting to like really go out of their way to support. I mean, for me personally, I've always been in, interested in sustainability. It's you know pretty much what my background is before I got involved with Ready Yeti. But mm-hmm. I think that is starting to become something that just people are gravitating towards yeah. and for good reason. Yep, absolutely. And part of our, okay, we are going to prioritize corporate responsibility movement. We dedicated ourselves to planting a tree for every order placed in the store or online. And so those are some metrics that we track in our shop, the number of trees planted, the number of single use plastic we've saved in our refill station, and then the number of items that we've kept in circulation and out of landfills. That always makes me curious. How does that work when it comes to, you know, pledging to plant a tree? Or do you work with a specific organization or is it you're going out there and actually planting a seed? Well, we have tree planting events, <laughs> but we That's awesome. Yeah, we plant too many trees to make it sustainable for us to do. So we partnered up with One Tree Planted 
out of Vermont and we, every month, the whole crew, our whole team is really excited to see that donation and that pledge that we make to them and how many, you know, we track it at the end of each month. So in regards to working with obviously a lot of startups, a lot of companies that have very specific blue sky brands, as you put it, I like that. Is it tough working with these smaller brands and having them kind of sit next to these bigger, big box brands? Is there any kind of competition there? In terms of our sustainability practices or in terms of just competing in sales? I think what I'm trying to ask is when it comes to working with so many different brands on so many different levels of stages of development, does it get tough to prioritize or kind of make space for the little guy and the the big guy and all those different names? Yeah. I think it's a balancing act. I think one of the things that's really important to remember is that nobody's perfect. I remember when we were first starting Lone Pine and we were trying to decide what environmental initiative we could select. And we were almost like paralyzed by the fear. So I'm like, I don't know what the best thing is. But I realized I was like, you don't have to be perfect in this realm. You just have to be doing something. Caring about it isn't enough anymore. So we picked the best option available to us and decided at that time, given the research we did, and we're like, this is the direction we're going to go in. So we were able to move forward with that decision. And when we look at other brands and, and talk about doing business with them or partnering and you know bringing to the store, we realize that it's not a perfect system, but we are trying our best and, and assume that a lot of these other companies are trying to do better, trying to improve at some level. And then you're there to help amplify their voices and kind of lift up the brands who are really making waves and you know willing to take those, I guess, hits from their margin in order to do something positive. Yeah, absolutely. And my heart goes out to the smaller companies that are doing it because you know, we don't have the resources to have giant sustainability initiatives or teams to do it or resources, financial resources to put behind it. And so those sacrifices are almost more meaningful. And in my eye, when I see a lot of other small companies working really hard at it, I'm like, yep, I see you. (laughs) I know you're doing good. Don't discount with what you're doing though. I mean, I feel like in terms of the concept of a I mean, either a store or a consignment shop or anything in between that realm of retail by adding even like the repair element, the, you know, the refill stations, you're, I feel like it's more like you are a lifestyle store than just a outdoor gear shop. Yeah. Yeah. One of the ideas behind the refill station was to just make it more convenient for people in our community to do it. There's not a lot of options here on the East bench and our store is high traffic. And so we were like, if we can just have a small percentage of those people try a plastic-free alternative to laundry detergent or dish detergent or toothpaste, awesome. So that's something that anyone you know who lives a life will need, right? But is when you put that together, were you thinking, oh, okay, campers can use this when they're going camping? Or was it really beyond that bigger picture? We want to help shape people's behaviors into, you know, making more positive decisions. It was the latter. It was again, like coming back to like, we need to be doing more. We need to be active. Changing behavior is what's going to truly make a difference. And to see that ripple effect, it's powerful. It's impactful. I think. 
Yeah. No, I mean, it's clearly, I mean, for starters, you're in the right place in the right, you know, niche of retail for people who are actually getting outside and want to save the environment from burning. Right. Alive. <laughs> Almost literally. Right. Well, it's it's becoming more and more tangible to the Wasatch area specifically. You know, like we have horrible inversions in the winter and our summers this past summer was one of the hottest and driest on record. And, and we had a ton of smoke. We were checking the air quality index to see if it was wise to ride our mountain bikes that day. So for our community, this is an issue that's very in the front of our faces most of the time. In that same realm, I know that obviously, you know, Lone Pine Gear Exchange, brick and mortar business, but I know you guys do a lot of community organizing and really trying to aim this as a community center of sorts, just like a place for people to mingle. Obviously the coffee shop helps. Everyone loves coffee. (laughs) Uh, Do you have any big vision beyond the brick and mortar aspect? In terms of community spaces, in terms of community events or? Both. I mean, even with, you know, the planting a tree event, things like that. I know that you guys are just a little bit more involved than, you know, just like, okay, we're here, come hang out, whatever. Yeah. No, I, again, like coming back to facilitating and and fostering that sense of community in the outdoor industry and in our neighborhood, I think it brings a lot of like-minded people together, whether it's, you know, supporting local skiers and local cinematographers and hosting movie premieres. And we do a lot of work with the Utah Avalanche Center, whether it's fundraising for spreading awareness and knowledge. I think when we are able to gather with like-minded individuals, we talk more about like that ripple effect of change that continues to grow. And so we see the shop as we refer to it a lot as more than a ski shop. We see it as kind of what you said, a little bit of a lifestyle and something that's a lot bigger than myself and my partner and our team. Like it's a bigger effort behind that. Would you ever consider starting like, I guess like a festival of sorts? I could see that. I could see that for Lone Pine. Just like either if it's like a film festival or like some sort of, you know, deep rooted sustainability outdoor passionate project where people kind of get together and showcase things. Yeah, we've definitely, you know, in conversation with some of the sustainability programs up at the ski centers and hosting some workshops and and lecture series and stuff like that with them. That's absolutely. Is there anything on the calendar? Is it still uh, in development? That's exciting. Yeah, still in the works. We're trying to to kind of gather it all up. COVID's made it a little difficult in terms of having really... Everything? Yeah, in terms of everything. We actually started seven weeks before COVID. So, yeah. How was that? (laughs) It was wild. You know, we did that down to the studs, literally down to the studs remodel and... We were so excited to open and we had all this great momentum. And then we actually made the decision. We were looking and listening to the news and made the decision to shut down a day before they announced the mandatory shutdowns. And it was wild. There was a wild time to have poured your heart and soul into something new and then have that degree and level of uncertainty right out of the gates. It was a crazy time. Man, I guess you, I mean, what could you do if you had to shut down? (laughs) How was it uh, opening up the doors again and getting back into it where people were clawing to get outside and, you know, try new sports and all that? 
yeah, we feel really lucky to be in an industry that, you know, I think the value of time outdoors increased during the pandemic and our community was really supportive and we tried to stay relevant. We immediately repurposed our gear repair department into making face masks. So we made a lot of face masks and donated a lot to the local shelters and we did open back up and we had a great outdoor patio space. So we opened up for outdoor shopping only. And we're rolling rocks outside every day and trying to keep, you know, our staff and our community safe, healthy. Was the coffee shop kind of a saving grace too? I mean, people popping in, grabbing. We did a hard close. We closed down the coffee shop as well. Salt Lake was a hard close. Yeah. Yep. So we closed and got back to the drawing board and, you know, figured out how to stay relevant. And we had some fam- some staff members that had to, you know, be home with their kids. And so we kind of readjusted our team to hold some spaces until they were able to come back. So when you say, you know, stay relevant, are you speaking towards, you know, creating like the, I guess, outdoor market, you know, as soon as you were able, or was there anything else that kind of came from your experience with COVID that I guess, stuck with what you're still doing? Well, I think the process of COVID, it, you know, especially in those early first couple of weeks, it became a shift in focus as to what does our community need? And at that time, face masks were really high demand and people were frantically trying to build them. And so, you know, our team got together and they were like, I think we can solve for this problem. So let's pivot and do this. We're a ski shop. We're a gear repair department. We're used to working on three-layer Gore-Tex shelves. And instead, we're looking at the best type of rubber elastic bands to go around your ears, you know? <laughs> like, So I think that level of adaptability has stuck with us. And the need to read our community's needs, or I guess the importance of reading our community's needs, those are things we'll, we'll take from COVID and move forward for sure. I think it's great because you already have that mindset of thinking outside the box with what, you know, Lone Pine Gear Exchange already is introducing all those facets that kind of come together around the topic of being outside. So luckily you're like, oh, okay, we could stand through this. We could stand through anything. Right. Yeah. My partner is a river guide and one of our mottos for the last year and a half has just been reading and running. <laughs> oh my like God. River. So, <laughs> you know, that's something we've taken into the business for sure. <laughs> that's so perfect. So before the remodel, how long was Lone Pine Gear up and running? So we started late January, 2020. We closed down, I think it was March 13th. And then reopened in the fall of 2020, full-time. We were outside and stuff during the summer, but then our, so this is our, our true, our second full winter season. That's crazy. That really is. Wow. You guys are, are new hitting the ground running. We have hit the ground running. We have an incredible team, truly an incredible team that with all these different departments, you need to be able to rely on and and they're doing a great job. So that's amazing. So I know that you have worked in this space and some capacity, like you have experience with working in retail and, you know, building businesses. What has been, I guess, the hardest part throughout your career in building businesses, obviously building Lone Pine Gear Exchange and just muddling through yeah. the tough, tough times, hurdles? 
Yeah. <laughs> this time around, I'm a mom. I have two young kids. I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old. And so starting this business with young children, you have to go home. Like when it is time to pick up your kid from school, you have to be done. And so for me personally and professionally, that's been a, a challenging balance that, you know, when starting a new business, it's hard to find. But at the same time, especially during COVID, because moms played so many different roles during COVID, whether it's homeschooling and trying to think about the business and also trying to be present with my kids. And so I really kind of had to perfect the art of showing up. And when I show up to work, I have to not only just be present, but also trust the fact that it's enough. Like I'm going to show up, I'm going to do my best and I have to go home. And then I'm going to show up there as a mom and I'm going to do my best until I have to go back to work. And I think entrepreneurs and, you know, starting new businesses, it's hard. You want to be a perfectionist, but at the same time, I'm learning to trust that showing up in both areas of my life right now is just enough and that's okay. <laughs> that might be the perfect challenge to get you into the place that everyone wants to be. I mean, A, we tried to, you know, meet last week and they're, you know, obviously something mom duty, you know, you have to kick into gear. So I feel like you are slowly becoming and perfecting uh being flexible in, you know, just having to jump in. Oh, there's a, you know, something I need to do with business. Oh, I got to go run back and, you know, be super mom just kind of uh, balancing those scales. It feels like you are getting an opportunity to force space to live life and actually enjoy, you know, these moments. Yep, exactly. And yeah, when you have young children, you know, working 15, 16 hours a day all the time to get it off a new business off the ground just isn't an option anymore. So you have to be really efficient, really effective. So I could only imagine how tiring that can be. Do you still get like you time? How do you recharge? I prioritize getting outside. And sometimes that looks different, you know, different parts of the year. Fortunately for me, I live in a place where I can ride my mountain bike right out of my door. And I have amazing, amazing trail network. But it also might look like skinning up at 5.30 in the morning, you know, before the resorts open or sometimes by headlamp at night with a group of friends. So it definitely requires some flexibility and creativity, but I feel like it's where I do my best work a lot of times. <laughs> it's like when I'm out on the trails or outside thinking it has to still be important. <laughs> yeah, you still need you time. I mean, with whatever you're doing, there's always as hard as it is to fit it in. Yeah. And then, like you said, that flexibility, there might be a week when I have a sick kid or, you know, a manager that has something going on or is out of town that maybe I don't get as much as I want, but I'll try to make up for it the next week. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when that does come, it makes it so much more enjoyable too. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I'm going to butcher this, but it's the concept of, you know, without any hardship, you like stop enjoying things. Like you still get built in, you know, problem solving, just moments of problem solving yeah. and hurdles you have to overcome that just still make the grind, you know, so worth, so it. worth it. I was just talking about this with one of my employees because, you know, powder days are getting harder to get in little cottonwood right now. And I admitted to them, I'm like, I'm at a point in my life where 
if I'm sitting on a lift and I'm outside, it doesn't matter. I'm like, I will ski anything. (laughs) I will ski any day, anything. (laughs) I think you're right. It goes back to just really appreciating the time we do have. So that speaks to me on such a deep level. I used to live in Colorado. I ended up moving back to the East Coast for New York for too long and then moved to, yeah, moved to Vermont. And I, my mindset of, you know, I used to be like, oh, mountains aren't the same as it is in Colorado and the Rocky Mountains and those are the best. But now at this point, I'm just like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. As long as it's not a sheet of ice, I'm fine. As long as I have a moment to like actually enjoy and like, oh, I know. I love that mindset. It's easier. It's easier to be pleased and enjoy yourself and not. Yes. Right. It's going to be a good day. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. What has been some of the biggest mistakes that you made along your career, you know, from start anyone that impacted, I guess, how you operate in particular? One of my, probably my, my biggest mistake. Okay. I got lots of them. It's going to be hard for me to shift. <laughs> I think maybe not reaching out for help when I should have. Right now, I want to make sure that when things grow bigger than me or beyond my capability, we hire or we seek professional counsel. I think in years past, especially during our first year, I've never had experience with e-commerce. During the pandemic, we decided to list one-off consignment gear online when we were closed, which is really hard to do. So... We spent that first year running a website and it made up about, you know, 35% of our gross sales annually right off the bat. And it was a wild ride. And, you know, I was definitely in over my head and it took me a while to really figure out what I needed or who I needed, like what team member I needed to bring into the fold to run our e-commerce division. And I think waiting or not knowing the resources or not knowing enough to when to reach out for help is a really hard thing for an entrepreneur, but you have to do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we had to do it, and we did it. And I'm so happy. I'm mad at myself for waiting as long as I did. It happened at the perfect time, I think, because and you, yeah. I mean, e-commerce is so important now too. So like that's the fact that you like are now okay. I know this, and we owned it, and it worked out. Right, and. You know, I mean, for the importance of it and how commonplace it is and, you know, retail and buying things online, it's probably only up from there. Yeah. Yeah. We had no idea. Again, my history is in brick and mortar and COVID pushed us to go online, which we're so grateful for. And it's working out really well, but it's a scary realm to be in when you're running a business and have a new sales channel that really you don't know anything about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Absolutely. What advice would you give someone who wanted to start a business, maybe in a brick and mortar retail business? I would say network, you know, with that experience with transitioning to what we call like an omni-channel presence now, relying on a network is really important because they can point you in the direction of those resources. Like if you don't know the answers, somebody in your network likely will. It goes back to that, you know, the previous question, asking for help. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways that that can, it doesn't need to be from a point of helplessness. And yeah, I mean, I guess you can't really do it all anyway, can you? No, I don't know. <laughs> Please I, and no. I would clarify, yeah, no. I would even clarify, like, it's okay to ask for help, 
to figure out the question you should be asking. Because at the time, I didn't even know what the question was, but I knew I had it. I just didn't know what the need was. So I like that. Like asking questions to find the right question to ask. Yeah. Man, got to get that on like a, <laughs> on a t-shirt or something. Right. Tattooed on my forehead, you know, <laughs> or. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So it looks like our time is just about up, but got one more for you. What is sure. the best part about running Lone Pine Gear Exchange? It's mm, a good question. There's a lot. Um, I would say, you know, we've been able to foster a team here that is pretty tight knit and kind and very like-minded with our, you know, values. And so I'm really appreciating being able to come to work every day, work alongside these people that I just truly admire and respect and they inspire me. And in addition to that team with the consignment nature of our business, we have so many customers, consigners that come in all the time. And so really feeling like we just have a good space in our community is probably one of my favorite things about working here. So, yeah, it's, I feel like the most common thing I hear whenever I ask that is it always does come back to people or relationships or, you know, both even getting back to what you were saying before about the balance, like there's a whole life out there and you're lucky enough to get that built into what you do every day. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And we certainly appreciate it. So we don't take it for granted. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Katie, thanks so much for coming on for for having me. Yeah. For anyone who wants to find out more about Lone Pine Gear Exchange, what you're doing or pick up some gear, where's the best place for them to head? Our website. Yeah. They can shop everything Mm -hmm. online. And that's LonePineGearExchange.com? Yeah. People can head to our website. It's LonePineGearX.com. Awesome. Katie, thank you so much. Thank you. We made it. Thank you again for tuning in to this week's episode of Built on Passion. Hope you learned something. Hope you maybe grew as a person. Maybe you have a new entrepreneurial idea. Maybe all of the above. Maybe you got a new perspective on your favorite hobby or favorite piece of gear and you just you fell in love all over again. I'm hoping for the last one. That last one actually sounds pretty good. I'm going to ask one last time for the people in the back, please leave a review. It is super helpful and a great way to show your support of the show. And if you know someone who might be interested in this episode specifically, share it to them. And all joking aside, thank you for everything, for supporting what we're doing. In any event, that's it for now. I will see you next week on another episode of Built on Passion. Passion.